Well, I guess that's our cue to start the program. I couldn't hear the music there, but anyway, so we're really glad to have everyone here at attention and going to start another edition of The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. This is Dr. Z, and you can always get more information about our practices and our walks and talks at Dr. Z Naturally, drznaturally.com and naturalnurse.com. And we have um, a very interesting thing we're doing in the spring, our spring eco-tours for cures trip to Jamaica. This is a very interesting eco-tours that we put together where we're actually going to learn how to make medicine while enjoying the beautiful foods and weather and people of Jamaica West Indies. This is happening March 11th through 17th. You can get more information at those websites or ecotoursforcures.com. So more information about our trip to Jamaica coming up. Um, this is a really a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to the more uncharted areas of Jamaica where um, you're away from the tourist traps. So this is enjoying the parts of Jamaica that you've never uh, and you haven't experienced ever. And, you know, it's the only part of Jamaica where the road kind of goes inland from the coast and you have this ancient area of pristine Jamaica, kind of like what Columbus saw when they, or or the, the early Spaniards when they first came to Jamaica, because the Spaniards colonized Jamaica before the British, and um, probably what it looked like back then. And, and so the only area that's, all, all the other areas on the coast are all built up into touristy areas, but this is the only area. The Jamaican government is actually thinking of making this a national wildlife sanctuary, and we have the great opportunity to visit this area of Jamaica. So more information, again, ecotoursforcures.com. So we have a guest. Uh, we have Dr. Paul Kilgore here, and he uh, is a distinguished physician and epidemiologist with 30 decades uh, um, of experience in public health research. He's been interested in developing IGY. You know, wow, I've heard of IgA, G, M, uh, D, and uh, uh, other ones, and of course, uh, but not IGY. So this is going to be very interesting here. And he has his medical degree from Wayne State University of Medicine in Detroit, and he's an associate professor for the Center for Emerging and Infectious Disease and Scientific Advisor for SRW Labs. Dr. Kilgore, nice to have you. It's great to be here, Eugene. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Great, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we learned a lot of stuff in medical school. As a physician, I, you know, certainly learned a lot. I was a professor for 25 years. I recently retired. But I've only heard years ago about IGY like once and then never heard about it again. Uh, some new discoveries from eggs. Now, eggs have gotten bad press, of course. You know, bacteria, salmonella, high cholesterol, viruses, just, uh, you know. So tell us a little bit about the egg. I know you're, <laughs> you've been doing a lot of work with that. Absolutely. Uh, well, Eugene, you're 100% right. And, you know, one of the things that we have heard about eggs uh, over the past several decades is that 
maybe they're not so good for our health because of the cholesterol content in part. And what we're finding actually is that the cholesterol content is really relatively low and compared with the other influences on our cholesterol level, eggs are a minor influence. But on the flip side, with eggs, we're getting a ton of nutrients. And I just want to touch base with you on some of the nutrients we know are in eggs right now. So for example, they have very high protein content. So one of the things that we love for people to have in their diet is a good source of protein. This is critical for your immune system. We know it's critical for your neurotransmitters. It's critical for hormone production, the endocrine system. So a good foundation for protein in your diet can be eggs. Now, the other thing we know with eggs is that they contain vitamins. So vitamin D is there, for example. It also has micronutrients like zinc. And zinc, we know, of course, is critical for good immune function and good cellular and cat, uh, catalysis, or catalysis is the catalytic function that many enzymes have in our bodies. Critical. Now, the other thing you mentioned, which is in eggs, the IGY component really has been there. We've known about it for decades, literally decades, and it's been flying under the radar up until very recently. And I think one of the reasons why it's been flying under the radar is we've been focusing so much on the immunoglobulins or IGY G, IgM, IgA in humans, we know the human body is very good at producing these immunoglobulins, these glycoproteins that protect us in our gut, in our respiratory system, in our throat, our nose. But in eggs, the IgY is a very, very powerful tool. It actually is analogous to IgG in humans. And one of the things that we know is that we can actually extract that IGY. And we can actually purify the IGY to a very, very high degree. So then we can concentrate it. And in our work with SRW Laboratories and IGY Life Sciences, one of the things that we know is that we can now purify the IGY into a capsule formulation. There is a product immune defense that SRW Laboratories has. It's a great product because it combines IGY plus zinc vitamin D, and a couple other vitamins to actually boost up your immune system and provide some extra protection, particularly against respiratory diseases and also gut disease. And we can talk more about that. So the listeners may may hear this and they may not know what that actually means. I mean, intuitively, boosting your immune system seems like a good thing, but what actually is going on with with your immune system and, and the boosting, and what's the function of these antibodies in general in the body? Right. So, you know, one of the things that we know is that there's a very delicate balance between our immune system and invading pathogens or antigens. So every day, literally, we're bombarded by antigens in our gut, in our mouth, in our respiratory tract. Our immune system is kicking in to kind of hit that balance, strike that balance so that we don't get sick, but we don't have overt inflammation. One of the things that we know is that IGY can actually tamp down some of the inflammatory reactions that we see in the gut, for example. And this has been shown in animal models, for example, when we give them salmonella. And salmonella infections can affect humans, of course. One of the things that we know is that we get a rise in interferon gamma, 
and also tumor necrosis factor, or TNF. These are immune mediators or cytokines that when we get infected or get exposed to a bacteria or virus, they can come up. And when they come up and they rise, sometimes in some people they will rise and go off uncontrolled. And what IgY can do is actually tamp those down to help reduce the impact of inflammation in the gut particularly. So modulation is uh, more a correct term, sort of yeah. amphoterrorism, yeah. as we say, balancing versus overt stimulation, you know? I think that's actually right. And, you know, one of the things that's so interesting is that we actually have seen studies already with IGY when they're administered to the nasal epithelium. And one of the things that we know, for example, is that cystic fibrosis patients are particularly susceptible to a bug called Pseudomonas. And they've developed an IGY product that actually can combat the effect of Pseudomonas. And one of the things that SRW laboratories, IGY life sciences, and others are working on very, very hard right now is to develop specific products for specific indications. For example, small bowel disease that could be uh, small bowel uh, overgrowth. So we get overgrowth of bacteria and other pathogens. Um, we also know that celiac disease is a big target, a very important disease right now, affecting literally hundreds of thousands of people around the world. We also know that inflammatory bowel disease is a major, major target uh, for prevention and treatment because it's affecting literally millions of people around the world. The IGY products that are in development right now are going to be very powerful down the road because they have the ability to tamp down that inflammation, as we mentioned. Hmm. So that, that has implications in, you know, autoimmune disease and other types of things. That's one of my clinical specialties. I taught rheumatology for 25 years. So it's very interesting to look at. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, you know, <laughs> Just recently, Eugene, one of the things that was discovered is a, a rather new but unusual bacteria um, associated with rheumatoid arthritis. And one of the things that they are looking at with this particular bacteria is the actual activation of rheumatoid arthritis in individuals who have this bacteria. And potentially, you could use IGY or you know globulins to tamp down that inflammation with rheumatoid arthritis. And, and in immune defense, that product from SRW Laboratories, one of the great things about it is that it contains this IGY. We call it immuno-IGY. It is a, a broad, broadly uh, activating IGY. And one of the reasons why it's broadly activating is not directed against any particular bacteria. But what happens is that we know a chicken who is in a flock, even if it's in a controlled environment, will have exposure to different things in the environment. And what that means is that that hen will create or make IGY against a broad spectrum of different bacteria and viruses. So when we extract that and purify that IGY from a hen's egg, it's extremely pure, by the way. We put it into a capsule, it has high potency. We can actually administer that one or two capsules a day, depending on the exercise level and other activities of the individual. And then we can actually look at that individual, look at the cytokines and look at the inflammation. And actually there's a study going on right now in endurance athletes. 
And one of the great things about that study is that we're going to learn and see more about how IGY can really relieve the stress from endurance exercise. And, you know, weekend warriors, people coming into a work office environment, particularly in the wintertime, are exposed to a lot of pathogens and stress. We all know there's a ton of work stress nowadays. And one of the great things about this product is that it has the ability to potentially lower the inflammation that people are experiencing day in and day out. So is that the classic delayed onset muscle soreness that people get, the you know, the fire in the muscles that, yeah. that, that we get if uh, we're not accustomed to uh, that type of exercise that, that this has applications for? Yes, that's well put. That's a really wow. perfect way to look at it, Eugene. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about, you know, IGY and the component that's in the immune defense is that it has that ability. And actually, I'm a triathlete, and I do half Ironmans. I do sprint triathlons and Olympic distance. And one of the things I can tell you is that when you're in a long endurance event, and it doesn't have to be a race, actually, your gut gets activated. And many people, many professional athletes will also tell you that when they get their gut activated, it means your gut is going a million miles an hour. There's inflammation going on. And then we talk about leaky gut syndrome. Um, leaky gut syndrome is something that manifests in endurance athletes, but it can also be in everyday people, anyone who is under stress and one of the things with leaky gut is that we actually see a level of inflammation from those cytokines and those mediators I mentioned. So IGY, you know, IGY has a great potential to lower that inflammatory milieu, modulate the immune system, kind of tamp it down, and help uh, let the gut return back to its normal state. Does it somehow get into the nucleus and work, or does it block um, you know, NF kappa beta or, you know, without getting too technical for our listeners, uh, how, how does it kind of actually work physiologically? It looks like it's directly blocking. Um, okay. it, there's no evidence that it's entering into cells right now. It can actually migrate between cells. Like if you have a leaky gut, hmm. um, you, you know, that intercellular junction that we talk about with leaky gut is a place where you can get migration of cellular components, um, it could be IGY or other immunoglobulins, it can be cytokines, but we don't see the IGY going into cells, we see it actually directly interacting with cytokines, um, also T-cells, T-cells and other immunoglobulins. Uh, That's unusual because most of these, most of the immunoglobulins, they just bind to the surface receptors and they signal some type of uh you know uh, either either calcium ions or other channels get get um you know activated and it creates all this other um cytokine dance inside the uh inside the cell sort of but it's an outside communicator kind of like how insulin binds to the outside and then you know transmits the glucose transporter to get sugar into the cell uh so the, the, this is a novel uh pretty novel uh antibody this is very interesting stuff yeah yeah you you raise a great point and you're right on in fact because let's say for example you get infected with a gut virus or a gut bacteria it's quite possible that the IGY is going to see that pathogen in your gut, bind to it, 
and then lead to further activation of your immune system to actually attack that bacteria and virus. Also, if you have expression of a viral pathogen or viral antigen on your own cells, and we certainly know COVID-19 can do this and other viruses, they actually express the antigen on your cell surface. And when that happens, that's, that's where we start to lead to immune activation and that immune cascade that we all talk about. So potentially we're looking at IgY also to tamp down that inflammatory reaction. We also have the ability to create IgY against specific pathogens. That's research going on right now, in fact, to target specific viruses. So we create an IgY that is directly aimed at particular viruses. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but right now we have the immuno IgY, the glycoprotein combined with the zinc. We have it with quercetin, vitamin D, and a couple other vitamins as well in immune defense from SRW laboratories. That product is available right now. It's actually very interesting because one of the things that we know is that when we combine these together, we're actually creating a powerful um, immune modulating tool that we think also can benefit people not only in the wintertime, but throughout the year, because literally throughout the year, we're all exposed to stress and, and stress is really, really detrimental, not, not only to our gut and other um, immune system uh, activators, but we also know the gut and the brain are interacting very closely. And we know that through the microbiome. And so the ability for IGY to help modulate our microbiome means there's potential for us to use IGY as a way to modulate, improve our gut health, improve our brain health, and other systems as well. Hmm. We'll get into that. I'll ask you a couple of questions about that. But so just to reintroduce you, we're talking to Dr. Paul Kilgore. He's a distinguished epidemiologist with many decades of experience. Uh, looking at immunization research, vaccine research, and certainly looking, we're talking about having a high-powered conversation about immune modulation and some of the tools that we have out there and nutraceutical tools like IGY. Um, so, Dr. Kilgore, tell us a little bit about um, the the potential issue and questions that people might have if they're allergic to eggs. Like, I know that's a big problem for many people with vaccines. I'm sure as you're aware, they're, they somehow, well, tell us why that is. Like, why do, why, do, why do eggs have a problem with some people with vaccines? And then tell us about if IGY uh, skirts that issue. Well, you know, historically, one of the things that we know is that influenza vaccines were made and have been made in eggs. So the process there is you literally have a machine or even manually stick a needle in an egg and you inoculate it with an influenza virus, that egg will then help manufacture the antibody, but, or in the antigen, the, the virus can replicate within the egg. You know, eggs, when they're purified to make the influenza vaccine, in the past, they were separating out the antigen that's made for influenza and some protein from the egg would get into the antigen the component that goes into the vaccine. So we were looking over the past several decades at how to purify that antigen. There are now actually vaccines that are making uh, no, uh, no egg at all, involves no egg production, 
Um, it's a pure antigen. But when we get people exposed to eggs, and egg allergy is a real thing, but it's relatively rare, thank, thank gosh. And you have it. You have it. Okay. I think both, you know, both G, both IgG and E, and even A, like I actually decided to check A as well. And I have well, to check. It's so important that you know about that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I have eggs and I got to say, clinically, I just feel really tired, like wiped out. I remember when I first got married, my wife and I would say, okay, we have a lot to do Sunday. Let's have a big breakfast and then we'll go do our chores. <laughs> and I'd have eggs and I'd be like, just crashed out all day. So it would act like a narc, <laughs> like, like creating narcolepsy in me, but I don't have anaphylaxis or anything like that. Thank God. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you may have had some immune activation there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things in the process that's important to know about IGY production is that the process has been so refined now by IGY life sciences that they actually can make kilogram quantities of highly, highly purified IGY. So in the process, they actually pull out all the other egg components. That means the oval albumin. It means the other protein components. It means the other uh, constituents of the egg all get pulled out. The egg um, IGY is actually mostly in the egg yolk. So the, the egg white gets pulled out. All the other yolk components get pulled out. And the process is really, really super purified now. And one of the great things about IGY in the purification process is that now when you get a product containing IGY uh, from SRW or IGY Life Sciences, one of the things that we can tell is that you actually have a very well-defined milligram quantity in each capsule. And that's very consistent from lot to lot. Uh, very important to, to make sure. And certainly yeah. you have egg allergies. This is, uh, you know, because it's the last thing we want to do is, is is injure the public, you know? So, yeah. Absolutely. Very good. And, you know, one of the great things about all of the research that's going on with IGY right now, Eugene, is that in the studies that go on with IGY, they're looking very, very carefully for any anaphylaxis. They're looking very carefully for any allergic reaction. Sometimes, as you point out, the allergic reactions can be very mild and subtle. So we have to make sure that anyone in a study um, is watching out for those. And so far, we've seen zero effect on those people in the studies when they take the purified IGY. Now, there's some other um, things about eggs that are very interesting. Like, for instance, um, I heard they're a good source of uh, biotin and, and and those types of nutrients. I don't think we've touched base on on those, but... Right. That's right. You know, one of the things that you, I'm sure you've talked to listeners about is the value of biotin and how it's so important. Um, one egg, and I'm talking about the average cooked egg, has about 10 micrograms of biotin in it. Um, and certainly one of the things that we know is that when people are biotin deficient, they can actually have trouble manufacturing hair and the health of the skin and hair is so important. Um, making sure you have enough biotin in your diet and you can get that through eggs is a very important thing to think about. Um, it does help 
to consume the eggs. Um, when you are um, watching your diet, watching your vitamin consumption, making sure you have all those good micronutrients. I do want to make sure, Eugene, that I mentioned that I don't recommend eating raw eggs. Um, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes raw eggs can contain bacteria or other pathogens that we don't want to introduce into our bodies. And these can cause diarrhea, for example, like salmonella. I thought I thought Doc you'd be like Rocky making you know making that egg thing. <laughs> then go when you do your triathlete your triathlon. <laughs> yeah, you know. Rocky, I was like, what are you like a dozen eggs raw? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you mention that because that used to be a thing, actually. Yeah. But yeah. I think we all recognize that it's number one, we want to do sensible things for our bodies and sensible things for our health and you know, it's making sure we don't introduce needlessly a, a pathogen like that. Um, and, you know, one of the things, of course, you can do is watch the source of your eggs. So if they are um, certainly organic eggs, uh, grown, antibiotic-free, uh, that's another thing to watch out for um, because the introduction of antibiotics into the animal health or food chain um, is actually a tool that's been used to spur growth, but um, it also can have a side effect by encouraging the growth of even uh, bacteria, sometimes antibiotic-resistant bacteria, too. So important to cook your eggs, for sure. Now, here's a question. So IGY is a foreign substance to us humans. It's found in, the, of course, the yolks and whatnot. So how does our – when we take a foreign substance into our bodies, of course, our body digests it and tries to break it down into the molecular fractions, but then there could be, you know, some larger molecules that exist, and then it has to go through the, you know, where you, it looks, the, the immune system checks us out to make sure it's not, I call it like the, uh, you know, like the TSA. It's like kind of like when they check your luggage to get, so that no terrorists get on the plane. They don't want terrorists to get absorbed into your bloodstream and then trigger you know, because the body, as you know, is is uh, not too happy when we get foreign proteins in there oftentimes, right? That's what triggers, you know, you get a splinter in your finger. What happens? Redness, swelling, pus, inflammation. So it's interesting how the body can look at this IGY and not see it as a threat. Tell us more about that. That's a great question. It's a great point. I love the analogy, too. And Thank you. Yeah, you know, I've been a professor for many years. I have to make it easy for the students to understand. <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, Eugene, one of the things with IGY that's very interesting is that through evolution, um, humans, of course, other mammals, of course, birds, amphibians, reptiles have all created immune system tools. It just so happens that the birds, when they diverged uh, from millions of years ago, um, along with amphibians and reptiles, developed IGY. So one of the things we know is that when we look at the structure of the immune globulin, the glycoprotein structure of IGY is very, very similar to IgG in humans. So it's likely if we go back in the evolutionary uh, period, we can actually see a divergence where some animals developed IGY, some developed IgG. So that's actually beneficial. So I think what it means is that when we introduce IGY in a purified form, um, 
first it comes through the gut, of course, it goes down the esophagus, passes through the stomach, and then gets released in the small intestine. One of the things that we know is um, as we protect the IGY through an enteric coated capsule, for example, we can actually get release of it into the gut, into the small intestine, and then ultimately into the large intestine too, as it passes through the entire length of the intestine. In all of the hundreds of studies that have been done so far, the good news is that we have not seen any cross-reaction. We have not seen any inflammatory reaction against the IGY, as you might see in an autoimmune disease. And that's certainly one of the things that we, in all of the medical research that I've done, um, both prophylactic and preventive studies, we always look for autoimmune reactions. We look for antibodies, autoantibodies. We're not seeing that at all when we take in IGY both in the animal studies and the human studies so far. So that's very, very good news. For instance, Doc, like rheumatoid factor, mm. as you know, is an antibody against an antibody. So you're at, it's like an IgG. You're at, it's like the IgG is attacking another IgG or IgM or IgA. So it's like an antibody. It forms like the super antibody. Mm. But for some reason, you're saying that you don't get rheumatoid factor developing from taking the IGY, which is uh, pretty interesting. Yep, that's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, I think part of the interest around IGY is because of that safety factor. Um, we're actually seeing um, no side effects, um, no adverse reactions when people take it. Um, it's also being looked at, uh, Eugene, not only at, through delivery to the gut, but also um, it has potential for direct administration, like in a nasal spray formulation. Um, oh. and All right, well, hold that thought. Hold that thought, Doc. So we're going to take a break. This is Dr. Z, and uh, we're really glad having a high-powered conversation about uh, health and wellness here with this very interesting product and, and um, molecule, IGY. We're going to play one of our natural medicine chests and some station IDs, and when we return, we'll get more in-depth talking about immune system and what we can do to stay healthy this season. So stay with us, folks. On this edition of the Natural Medicine Chest, we'll discuss the ancient Chinese science and art of acupuncture. Acupuncture is a 5,000-year-old medical procedure involving insertion and manipulation of needles into specific points on the body. It is often applied to relieve pain during surgery and for many other conditions. Acupuncture needles have been found in China that are over 4,000 years old. The first needles were made of stone. Later, bronze, gold, or silver was used, and today they are usually made from steel. Acupuncture was developed around the theory of special meridian points on the body connected to the internal organs, and that vital energy, or qi, flows along these meridians. According to this theory, diseases are caused by interrupted energy flow, and the stimulation of these points restores normal energy circulation. There is some scientific evidence of the existence of the meridians as a separate circulatory system. Studies were done in the 1970s by a Dr. Kim from Korea where he injected radioactive dyes into the traditional acupuncture points. He observed migration of the dyes along the exact predicted path of the meridians. 
How acupuncture works remains uncertain, but both Western and Eastern scientific studies on rabbits have shown that the analgesic effects are not simply a matter of suggestion. After the discovery in 1975 of endorphins, natural pain inhibitors in the body, some neurophysiologists suggested that the needles may trigger the release of these substances. American and Chinese studies have confirmed that placing acupuncture needles in the brains of dogs raises the level of endorphins in the spinal fluid. Acupuncture is used today in most hospitals in China and by many private practitioners in virtually every country in the world, including the United States. The primary use is for analgesia, although ulcers, hypertension, asthma, and other conditions have been documented to respond favorably to this treatment. Chinese surgeons prefer acupuncture to the use of drug-induced analgesia because they claim it does not disturb normal body physiology and therefore does not make the patient vulnerable to shock. Brain surgery is especially amenable to this form of analgesia when it is necessary to keep the patient awake during the operation. Although some modifications in the practice of acupuncture have been made, such as sometimes using a small electric current on the needle instead of the traditional twirling, acupuncture remains intact as an ancient therapeutic technique that has been used successfully for at least 5,000 years. Perhaps you'd like to add this piece of knowledge to your natural medicine test. And I guess we're back with more of the program here. This is Dr. Z, and I'm here with Dr. Kilgore, and he's talking about this fascinating substance, uh, IGY. What does the Y stand for, Yoke, Dr. Kilgore? Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Z. And, you know, one of the things that um, historically um, people knew is, you know, when you go back to the early studies of IGY, um, they had already named an IgA, <laughs> they had named an IgG, an IgM, IgD, IgE. So they were looking for a new letter uh, in part. So they wanted to differentiate this immunoglobulin from all the others. So Y was a good selection. And, you know, just to pick up on one of the things that you pointed out early on is, you know, rheumatoid factor is um, for our listeners, if they could picture a pentamer, it's like a pentagon of IgM, okay? And one of the things that we know is when we have this pentamer of IgM, when in rheumatoid patients, sometimes in autoimmune diseases, other autoimmune diseases, the human IgG that is circulating in individual's blood system can bind to this pentamer of the IgM. But one of the things that we know, and actually this was shown in a, and reported in a study from um, the Nature Journals, uh, it's a journal called Scientific Reports. Um, it's a publication from 2019, actually, uh, by a group um, uh, led by Dr. Che or Choi um, and others. And one of the things that they showed in that report is that the IgY uh, does not bind to human IgG. And it's likely that one of the reasons for this is that the, the electrostatic or the electric kind of interactions between those two glycoproteins is such that it doesn't allow them to bind. 
And one of the things I think people probably realize is that in chemistry, when you have different compounds like glycoprotein, they have different charges, electrical charges. Sometimes things attract, sometimes they kind of repel each other. In the case of the interaction between IgY and IgG, it looks like they don't have the ability to bind to each other. So the ability to have that cross-reaction or that autoantibody against IgY with from or from human IgG is not going to happen. So that's actually um, really good news. It, it's a really an answer to your question from earlier. Wow, that's great. Yeah, because um, you know we see that not not all cases like you know of uh, rheumatoid arthritis have rheumatoid factor, but there are several of them that do. So yeah, it's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So let's do a let's do a recap now. That we're in the second part of of like the talking points of the benefits of IGY. Just for those that maybe joined us late. Absolutely. So one of the things that we know is that. In our guts, we can often have inflammation. That inflammation can be related to the bacteria or viruses that can be exposed um, in our environment. When we take in IGY, we can actually help modulate the immune response. So that means we can modulate uh, T cells, B cells to some degree. And also, we can modulate the cytokines. The cytokines everyone's heard about, tumor necrosis factor, also interferon gamma. These we know can come up with viral infections, bacterial infections. And I think it's very important to recognize that we want to make sure we can tamp down that inflammation. So immune defense is a product from SRW Laboratories. Um, that includes the immuno-IGY component, um, which is so important. It's combined with quercetin. It's combined with vitamin D. It's combined with zinc in this product. It also has vitamin B1 and vitamin C. So when you combine these together, you can tell it's a very, very powerful tool to support the immune system, help modulate the immune response, and reduce inflammation. So we're looking at immune defense, but also immuno-IGY as a tool to help attack and reduce the effects of things like celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease, leaky gut syndrome, and also modulate our microbiome and interact with those pathogenic bacteria and viruses that we don't want to activate while leaving free some of the other good bacteria, the lactobacilli, the bifidobacterium in our microbiome that we know are good for us. Now, some of the antibodies, when they work, they act kind of like a molecular shake and bake. They kind of surround things and they adhere to things and then they you know, call in the infraction, kind of like a referee throwing up the yellow flag, and then the immune system comes in, the the, uh, the big guns come in to investigate things. Does IGY kind of bind and cover bacteria? Explain how that works again. Yep, so you're absolutely right. I think that's one of the things that people also should realize is that when you have exposure to it could be a gut bacterial pathogen in your respiratory tract. Uh, one of the things that we know can happen is that it can actually activate T helper cells and T suppressor cells, and that balance is so important in our immune response. In our bodies, we know antibodies are produced by B cells. Um, one of the things that we know is that 
the IgY in the presence of these other immune cells can actually help lead to a better balance um, and modulation so that those cytokines I mentioned, for example, the tumor necrosis factor and the interferon gamma, those we know can actually activate the T cells and maybe even lead to an overstimulation, uh, what we call that immunologic cascade, which can be very detrimental at times. So we can see that interaction of IgY with the cytokines and then in turn with these other cells like the T cells. And one of the things that we also recognize is that when we're talking about people under stress, we know that they're activating their immune system. We know they're activating these cytokines. Um, we also see this in endurance athletes. And so IgY is a really important tool to think about to help tamp down that inflammation and help restore kind of the, what I would call a more normal gut milieu, an environment in the gut, which is more conducive not only to good digestion, but less stress overall to your body, reduce uh, in, in, uh, inflammation, also reduce stimulation of the immune system and kind of helping to quiet things down in a way that there's really not another product right now that we have that can do this. Um, and that's one of the great and very exciting things about IGY is that it has the ability to interact with our immune system um, like we haven't had the chance to do. And you know, from a nutraceutical standpoint, um, it's very unique. Um, I was just at a meeting in uh, Las Vegas uh, where I had a chance to learn and see all of the available nutraceuticals. And, and one of the things that I can tell you very, very directly is that there's no other product like Muno-IGY or IGY um, in immune defense. It just doesn't exist right now, um, especially in the sense that this is a highly purified form of IGY um, that's combined with these other components I mentioned, the zinc, quercetin, vitamin D, vitamin B, vitamin C. And that's a very powerful combination, actually. So you mentioned one interesting point, a lot of interesting points, but one thing I wanted to drill down is that it seems to selective be selective against certain bacteria and viruses, but leave the good, healthy flora alone. I think that's very critical because if we take even some botanicals, they, you know, sometimes some of them do the same thing, but some of them are can not only kill the pathogens, but, you know, I guess destroy some of the lactobacillus and bifidus and acromancia and all these different other you know, cornerstone or keystone species in our gut flora. So the IGY, uh, explain how it kind of is selective and and it's, um, you know, and, and how it works with the with modulating the gut flora there. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the things that we know is when hens are in an environment um, and when we grow up hens to produce eggs for IGY, one of the things that we know is they can be exposed to different pathogens. It doesn't mean that they get sick, um, but I'll give you a good example. Um, in the environment, we're exposed to it. Uh, birds and other animals are exposed to E. coli. And I think your listeners are probably familiar a bit with E. coli, but just in case, um, E. coli is a pathogen that we know most people um, will not get sick from. But depending on your background disease, your underlying medical conditions, 
and the amount of E. coli you get exposed to in the type, you may get diarrhea. In fact, um, there's some E. coli strains that can actually invade the mucosa, the lining of the gut. Um, that's an invasive form of E. coli, which can cause disease. And I'm sure people have also heard of the E. coli that can cause hemolytic uremic syndrome and affect the kidneys. The bottom line is that when hens are in the environment, the IGY that they can manufacture is a mixture of IGYs. So the purified IGY has broadly activated IGY. So some of the IGY that we purify out is going to be active against that E. coli that the birds were exposed to. So when you take in that IGY, even as a mixture in that in that product, you're going to get some IGY that's going to be directed against the E. coli, which is a great thing because clearly we don't want to have E. coli overgrow. And I'm sure your listeners have heard of small bacterial uh, overgrowth and, and small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And one of the things that we worry about in that condition is that if these, neg- I'll, I'll call them negative bacteria, these bad strains of bacteria, if they get a foothold and they start populating your gut and they start growing out and crowding out the other good bacteria, then we worry that we're going to have symptoms from that. It could be pain, cramping, diarrhea, constipation in some cases, but we worry that we want to have that. We always think about that balance in the gut of the good bacteria. So IGY um, will have some activity against these bad bacteria like E. coli, and that will help restore balance in the gut as well. Yeah, that's that's very interesting that it's selective because we're always um, working on, like just yesterday I had a patient with a very bad um, gut flora that we're trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, usually we we go and do, you know, Dr. Bland's uh, 4R program. So mm-hmm. the 4Rs are an acronym for the listeners of, of we need to rid, you know, rid the, the gut of the bacteria or fungus, too. We didn't really talk about fungus. I'd like you to address fungus, I think, is more important. A lot of times, a lot of these GI docs, they blast people with antibiotics thinking it's all SIBO when it's actually CFO, and they create a super fungal infection. And then I see them because they don't get better. They go back and they say, oh, yeah, take more Zyfaxin. Um, you know, take more. And they create more dysbiosis than than the patient started off with. So this is a big problem, I think, in the gastroenterology field in this day and age, and it's good. I mean, I make the money off them to, <laughs> you know, get the patients, but I hate to see them go through that. So what about uh, fungus? Because that, you know, we're, we're creating through our uh, use of strong antibiotics to treat CFO, uh, sorry, SIBO, CFO, and other opportunistic fungal infections. Is there any application of IGY with fungus and candida, for instance? This is a great question, Dr. Z. And, you know, one of the things that we know is that um, our armamentarium against fungal diseases is actually uh, really, really um, in danger right now. Um, We're getting these resistant fungi, uh, which are causing very serious disease. Candida auris is a great example of that. And it's spreading rapidly. Mm-hmm. There's a study, actually, fairly recent study from China, very interesting study, 
um, in microbial pathogens uh, from 2019. And one of the things that they showed in this journal article and study is that they could actually create a direct IgY against specific fungi. And in their study, they directed it against trichophyton rubrum. Trichophyton rubrum, as you know, is a major cause of skin, what we call skin dermatophytosis or um, fungal infections that can affect the skin. So um, this could be athlete's foot or other things, but it affects millions of people. It has very high morbidity um, worldwide. So if you have a tool like an anti-IGY or an IGY against these fungal pathogens, it means that it, you can actually not only inhibit their growth, but you could actually potentially cure disease as well. One of the things we know is that the IGY is directed against the cell wall component of the fungi. And this is a component of the fungi that they need to actually reproduce and grow. So it will actually inhibit growth of the fungi. Um, and that's what they showed in the study. It's, it's fascinating. It's a huge, huge uh, area of potential growth for IGY products as well. And yeah, I would like to include it, you know, try try it out with some species of uh, geotrichosis that uh, patients have had that when I culture their gut and look for, you know, different pathogens, they're, they're getting these very resistant strains of fungi, like you said. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the fungi, I guess they produce their own toxins. How, how do these, like, why is candida bad? I thought everyone has candida. Like, what, why is it so bad for people? Well, one of the reasons it can be really, really dangerous is that when we have individuals, particularly those that are in the hospital, Mm. Um, and individuals, for example, with diabetes, um, we know that that environment, the milieu in their bodies is such that it actually can facilitate or promote the growth of these fungi. And one of the things that we always worry about in anyone who's immunosuppressed, it could be because of a, a transplant, it could be because of diabetes, it could be because of an autoimmune disease and they're on chemotherapy or they have cancer and on chemotherapy is the body's ability to fight off these fungi is reduced greatly. How about the millions of, how about the millions of people that are on these uh, you know autoimmune drugs, the biological response modifier that they advertise like crazy every every day there's a new biological suppressant that they promote for psoriasis or rheumatoid and you know I'm not saying that these things aren't necessary sometimes of course they are but that creates a whole population of people that are immunosuppressed. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, and one of the things that it, I, I would say of all the different classes of uh, therapeutic and drugs that have been developed over the past, say, 30 years, this is a class that's grown the fastest. Mm -hmm. And in part, it's because we understand more about the immunology, but you're absolutely right. Um, they can cause immunosuppression. And if you hear these advertisements on TV, one of the things, for example, they tell patients to watch out for is tuberculosis, because in part, uh, tuberculosis can actually be uh, promoted in its growth if you're on one of these drugs, depending on the drug. In the case of fungal diseases, certainly a patient on a biological who has an underlying medical condition like diabetes or cancer or uh, has gotten a transplant, 
they're at risk for fungal disease spreading systemically, not only in the gut, um, but can actually invade from the gut or the respiratory tract into the lungs, for example. We've seen that quite commonly. It can go into soft tissue. It can go into organs. It can go into the gut wall. And when that happens, when the fungus sets up shop, it can be very difficult to eradicate because the drug does not necessarily penetrate into these tissues very quickly. So you have to take the drug for a long time. It's, For example, when you get fungal infection in your toenail or fingernail, as you know, you have to take the drug for quite a long time in order to eradicate the fungus because it's the penetration of that drug that's not so fast into that tissue. So down the road, looking at IGY as an opportunity, targeting these pathogenic fungi is an important, not only adjunct, but actually could be a primary way to prevent um, and treat fungal infections in the gut and other uh, systems, for example, the respiratory tract. And if we can prevent the fungus from setting up shop in someone's system, that would be a huge, huge advance, actually. Yes, I'm going to do some clinical trials myself on some patients and, and see if they're open to, to using it. And then we can track, we can culture their gut and see if we could reduce the populations of, of the fungus with the IGY. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed. I hope, I hope we didn't lose the lose the listeners out there, but hopefully they can listen to it again and let it absorb there. So yeah. um, thank you again for being our, our guest, uh, Dr. Paul Gilgore. He's the distinguished physician epidemiologist with many decades experience in public health research and really involved in the development of IGY applications to help our health there. Uh, we have a few more minutes, about four more minutes before we sign off there. So we should probably talk about, without being too overtly commercial, um, you know, like where could people get more information to like learn more about it? Have you published any articles on it and, you know, where we could kind of share that stuff? Yes, um, a couple of things. One is we've done some publications with IGY. Um, we have a white paper, actually. Oh, um, great, yeah. Yeah, like so um, that white paper can be made available through um, if you visit um, IGY Life Sciences, um, that's um, a place where you can actually see more um, about the development of this. It's at uh, website IGYLifeSciences.com. Now, um, if uh, listeners would like to visit the SRW website, um, SRW stands for Science Research Wellness. So it's Science Research Wellness. Dot com. They're based in New Zealand. Uh, fantastic company, fantastic leadership. They're very, very um, focused on the science behind the product and the research behind it. Um, before they develop and put out a product, they, they focus on that. And you can tell because when you look at the immune defense product, um, immune defense or IMM1 on the website of SRW, you can see the contents um, the natural glycoprotein, which is the IGY, the quercetin um, in a form called quercifit, which is derived in a highly purified form of quercetin at 
Zinc, vitamin D, vitamin B1, and vitamin C are all in immune defense uh, from SRW. And, you know, one of the great things is the safety profile, um, the ongoing research in IGY. It's just a very exciting time. Um, the egg is a great uh, nutritional product, um, but purifying the IGY is taking it to another level. Uh, and so listeners should know that Going forward, IGY is a really, really exciting opportunity for them uh, to consider and look at because there's going to be a lot more on this uh, coming in the next few years. How many, I forgot to ask you the most obvious question, how many eggs does it take to make a certain amount of IGY? It probably is quite um, a small part of the whole uh, component. Yes, that's a great question. It takes hundreds and thousands of eggs. <laughs> yeah. So people have to get a mighty big omelet there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the quantity of the concentration of IGY in immune defense, for example, um, is so much higher than you could get from even a, a number of eggs that you might consume. Um, it's not really not feasible for us to take IGY um, from the eggs alone. Um, and that's why this, these products are so exciting, actually. Fantastic. So, great. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for being our guest and really uh, teaching us about this new uh, part of science. We're a lot smarter this hour than we were before we started. So thanks so much, Dr. Kilgore. Oh, thank you, Dr. Z. It's great to be here with you and look forward to talking with you again soon. Yes, thank you. And that does it for another edition of The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. And we wish you the best and to stay healthy. Remember about our Jamaica trip coming up March 11th to 17th. If you're interested in ecotourism and certainly learning about the botanicals of the Caribbean and getting away from the nasty winter, check out the website, ecotoursforcures.com. And until such time, Dr. Z wishing you best and stay healthy, folks. Bye-bye.